Those who cling to death live, but those who cling to life die. Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes Weekly Podcast, where two best friends talk about movies, TV, video games, and stuff. I'm your host, Jack, joined by my good friend, Kyle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here to talk about some things that have happened. Uh, Most prominently, we're going to be talking about John Wick, Chapter 4, and like the series as a whole, because... That was the quote at the very beginning. And then we've also got a couple other things that we'll get into. But oh, yeah. uh, to start us off, Kyle, what you been up to? What you been doing, playing? Yeah, uh, I don't think I've touched a video game all week, but I've watched a lot of TV. Um, been catching up on Young Justice because I never finished uh, the newer stuff they added. So I'm at the end of season three. Mm. So some DC shame there for me. I was a little behind. Um, but most recently, I started watching Severance on Apple TV. Oh, dude, yeah. that show I'm about halfway through and uh, it's I have thoughts and I'm sure I'll have way more thoughts when I wrap the season, but I'm loving it so far. Severance was such a good time. And yeah, just get ready to get thrown off of a cliff because the cliffhanger that it, it sends you on, it is a journey. But yeah, super excited for season two. Very happy you're you're watching that. Yeah, it's it's been a good time, um, you know, like we uh alluded to in the beginning we both saw john wick this past week which will be our main topic of the show so no spoilers now but yeah that's pretty much all i've done what about you yeah uh playing a little bit of destiny uh i got the new exotic shotgun so that's pretty hype you know i got it what about a month after the release of the expansion so like three weeks after the raid came out so that's uh that's really, really early for me, given yeah. my normal exotic luck. You know, it's I still don't have collective obligation. It took me 53 runs to get Vex. It took me like 30 some odd runs for Eyes of Tomorrow. So it, it feels good to get it like this early on. And I'm yeah. running around with it, just freezing things and then setting them on fire is a good time. Oh, yeah. um, I- aside from that... What have we been watching? Ted Lasso, Mandalorian, just keeping up on those. Yeah, I forgot to mention Um, that. I've been watching those as well. I watched uh, Mandalorian today on my lunch break, so I'm not sure if you had a chance mm -hmm. to watch that yet, but it was a good one. And Well, I'm going to watch Ted Lasso again after the recording tonight. Yeah, planning to watch Mando with a dinner tonight after we finish recording here. Um, What else have we been doing? A lot of of movies. We were watching the the John Wick movies in mm-hmm. preparation for four so that it was just like super fresh. Yep. Um, especially because like, you know, canonically like the movies all take place within like a month of each other. Like, it's just like a really, really awful two weeks that this man goes through. So it, yeah, uh, it's fun doing that and revisiting, especially since like, you know, the first one came out in like 2014. Yeah. The most recent one came out 2019. So it's been a while. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I watched so uh, I think you said you watched, was it one and two back-to-back or two and three back-to-back? Two and three were back-to-back, like that Thursday, Friday. Yeah. One we watched earlier on like Sunday. So I watched two and three back-to-back literally in the same sitting. And uh, it was a lot. <laughs> Did you <laughs> like, feel like an action hero afterwards? Like I you th- could just like get hit by a car and walk away? I, I felt like I became like impervious to gun violence because 
there's so much of it, but I did realize, you know, I won't, I won't say too much, but I, I do like three a lot. I, I definitely enjoyed three. I, th- we'll get into scores <laughs> in yeah. a little while, but yeah, three was definitely really cool. Man, Halle Berry, she still got it, man. That's yeah. wild. I, I was. And, I, uh, I wonder yeah. if we'll see more of her eventually because I know you know there is more John Wick universe stuff coming. They, they've confirmed we have the ballerina with Anna de Armas. We have the Continental coming, which is a prequel. So the John Wick universe has a lot to explore, and I think Halle Berry is some uh, a good point to go to. Yeah, I think it just like I think it really just comes down to like what the like actors have schedule wise, but then also like, like, cause like these movies take a lot of training and like mm-hmm. coordination for the stunts. It's a lot of work. It's very physically demanding. So like for with some of these actors, it's like, are they like good to like sign up for like one of these? Do they want to make it like a habit just because like, you know, like it's, it's, it's only so easy to put your body through that kind of, of, torture um so you know like a lot of people might just be like one was enough and then be kind of done with it but uh you know like either way like they've done such an amazing job with the franchise as a whole i'm I'm not super worried about it as long as certain creative key figures are still in place yeah but i'd much rather they just like just like just like let it go and like move on to the next thing. Don't don't run the risk of ruining anything. Yeah. Speaking of the next thing, um, I again, no spoilers for John Wick four here yet. But um, the next thing I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima, you know, with the director mm. of this movie doing that, like after seeing John Wick four, I mean, even with three, but especially John Wick four, I have so much faith that that's going to be an amazing adaptation. Yeah, same. I fell in love with that game whenever it originally came out. Was that during COVID time? Like it was. Yeah, it came out like a month after or a month before Last of Us Part Two. So it was that same time frame. I didn't play oh, yeah. it. I, I waited till like the PS5 patch came out to play it like 60 frames. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I platinumed it and then I played the DLC right after. And the DLC wasn't as good as the main game for sure, but it was still enjoyable. But that game was special and it was beautiful. I my wife was watching me play and seeing all these like pretty colors, the cherry blossoms and all like the yellows and stuff in the trees, like gorgeous game. And I can't wait to see that on film. Yeah, I played the crap out of that game when it first came out. I haven't gone back to like play the DLC, but I might like go back and like just jump into it with like a new playthrough, especially now that, yeah, we've got like the performance enhanced version on yeah. PS5 and like the DLC. I can just tackle it all at once. I'll probably do that like closer to launch or like not launch closer to well either i guess a launch for a sequel or to whenever this movie is about to come out just so that it's like really fresh and hyped in there yeah um other you know other games the the big one that is really huge we've got zelda coming up here in just like what a like month? a month and some change. Yeah. Yeah. They had a, a 10 and minute presentation this week with uh series producer, Asia Numa. And uh, what did you think of that? I, I, I did watch it. Did you get a chance? I did. Yeah. I watched it this morning while I was eating breakfast and getting ready for work. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically exactly what I was hoping that it would be. That being literally just more breath of the wild you know and like they've added stuff you know i don't know if we're going to keep any of our like old powers like with the sheikah slate or if it's going to be completely just like in these guys or like a mix match um but i'm i'm here to just 
pick up a stick and a rock and just brain some goblins, you know, like let me bonk anything and everything. And I think that's uh, a definitely a cool innovation that they've made from the first one. Um, you know, it's, it, they already redesigned the wheel with breath of the wild from the get go. So like, mm-hmm. there's really only so much that you can do on top of that. Um, and like, yeah, you know, I, I mainly just watched this out of curiosity because like, no matter what happens, I was going to buy this game and yeah. play it because like, I mean, breath of the wild is just like a masterpiece and really just like a defining game for the switch as a whole. Mm. Um, even now, like six, seven, however many years later it's been since it came out. And, uh, yeah, I fully expect this to be like a really good, like tail end of like the switches life cycle, as far as like really big releases go to just like kind of send it off. Hopefully yeah. we need, we need an upgrade. We, yeah. we desperately need an upgrade hardware. And that's my biggest fear for this game is the fact that the switch is running on over six year old hardware now and breath of the wild didn't run the greatest back six years ago. And it looks like they did make some visual improvements, not very many, but some visual improvements in this game. So I just, I don't want it to be like a frame show. Like there are certain points in breath of the wild when you go and it's very frame choppy, like single digit frames, um, near where you do the master sword upgrades, like that mm-hmm. little area there by, uh, I forget what they were called. The little things you had to collect, the not Kakariko's, but, uh, Korok seeds? Yeah, Koroks. Yeah, that little area where you re- return yeah. them to. <laughs> nice. Um, that was very bad performing, so I, I hope we don't see those levels in this game because that will, especially in 2023, performance mm-hmm. is more on people's minds now. And now that we have these newer systems that play 60 FPS pretty regularly, I think sub-30 is just not really expected in today's age. Yeah, you know, I mean, this harkens back to like the whole Pokemon debacle that we had just recently with Scarlet and Violet. Um, You know, if it does have a lot of performance issues, I feel like you could just boot up Pokemon for a minute and be like, you know what, Zelda, these Zelda problems aren't so bad, actually. These are actually kind of endearing and cute. Yep. Uh, But otherwise, like you just hope that, you know, the team's been working on this for a while you assume it's the same engine that breath of the wild is. So they've got some experience in there as far as like optimizing goes Mm -hmm. and like, you know, like with the Nintendo, it's one of those things I've never expected them to be like a powerhouse performance or graphics wise, you know, even though it's a switch and you can like dock it or handheld it. I still just look at like, I try to think of it as just like a DS upgrade in terms of like performance and power to kind of just like set expectations accordingly because otherwise I would just be very sad and disappointed. Yeah. And I, I play like 90% of my switch time handheld. I know you're all about like the dock mode on TV, but breath of the wild is one of the few games I did play majority wise on TV. And I, I plan on playing that again on on the docked mode this time around as well, just because I feel like the pro controller works so well with the game. So, mm. I mean, we got what six weeks or something like that left to go. They announced uh, like a collector's edition switch OLED edition, which yeah. looks pretty cool. I like the, the dock more than I like the joy con. And then the pro mm. controller was kind of weird how it had like one white handle and one black handle. So I don't have any interest in getting those. Uh, I have a switch OLED, so I'm pretty set there. Yeah, I don't have a Switch OLED. I'm still just running like my base Switch that I got whenever I worked at a Kroger like in 2017 and I got Breath of the Wild and 
I think like a month later, Odyssey dropped or something yeah. like that, or like that fall Odyssey dropped. Um, but like it just it lives in its little dock on my entertainment center and it just chills there and it does what I need it to do. So like that's basically the only reason I haven't upgraded to the OLED is because there's not like a, a performance difference yeah. in terms of like when it's docked. And you know, like you said, like that's how I play. 99.99% of all my switch it's docked. I have this nice TV with like the sound bar and subwoofer and I want to be on the couch with the pro controller. Cuz yeah. man, those Joy-Cons, it's pain. That's pure yeah. pain. They feel better when in handheld mode. When they're by themselves, they feel like little plastic cheap toys. Uh, but I I play with the grip also. I I don't have one of like the super fancy grips. I have like it was like a $20 Hori grip. And uh, mm. it makes my hands not hurt when playing because I have big hands. So the switch, you know, overtime cramps and without it, I definitely feel that. So um, a little bit more gaming news for the week. Um, so typically, you know, most people who listen to this podcast would know. But for those who don't, typically summer, usually first week of June, second week of June is uh, what we call E3 um, for the video game world. And uh, the last few years, E3 really hasn't been around in its original state because of COVID, because it's more of an in-person event where we haven't seen the big press conferences and stuff in person. Uh, Last year started that again a little bit. Um, Xbox did their stage presence. Um, But then in the meantime, we have Jeff Keighley, who, you know, runs the Game Awards and Opening Night Live for Gamescom, has started Summer Games Fest and slowly but surely has taken more and more mindshare from E3 away. So this year, E3 and uh, Reed Pop, who does all the PAX events, announced that they were coming back in a big way, going to be partnering to have a nice big presentation, have a nice show floor. And slowly but surely, everyone's dropping out of showing up to E3. And this week, um, not only Tencent, which is a huge publishing company, but the big one that dropped out that everyone expected to see there was Ubisoft. So yeah. is... I was saying this before we started recording, but I think next week we get an announcement that E3 2023 is canceled. And I think if that happens, we don't see E3 again for a long time. Yeah, this is this is one of those things like you read it and like you can't help but feel bad just because like there's like a sort of not like an air, but sort of like a a. a a reputation or a grandeur associated with E3. Like that was like the mm-hmm. pinnacle thing that like publishers and developers and like games journalists and just like fans, you know, people that want to see like hype trailer announcements or like console drops or first looks like that was the place to go to. That was the thing to turn into like every June to like know what's coming for like the rest of the year and like what's going to be coming like after that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, if we We've, as we've gotten more into the digital aid and like, especially because of COVID, um, uh, we've kind of gotten to a point now where a lot of in-person events, unless they're like really doing something different or bringing something to the table, they're just kind of obsolete at this point. Um, you know, Nintendo shockingly was ahead of the curve for once whenever <laughs> yeah. they started doing their directs, you know, just like these digital things. That wasn't because of like a pandemic or anything that was just literally them being like, you know, we could save some money if we just like put out a video that we edit together. And uh, now, you know, you've got like, like the Xbox state of play and the PlayStation. What's their direct equivalent, whatever Uh, it is. PlayStation is state of play. Xbox has changed. theirs a couple of times. I think the most recent one is like developer direct. 
I want to say is what oh, they're okay. using now. And then, yeah, Ubisoft has like... Uh, UB Forward. Yeah, UB Forward. Everyone has like their own version now. And no one yeah. has really gotten it as good as in Nintendo. I think State of Plays can be good. PlayStation has like their showcase and then they have their state of plays and their showcase is like once, twice a year, big level announcements. And then state of plays typically are reserved for like one game diving in or some random stuff that usually isn't very good. We haven't gotten a whole lot of good announcements from things like that. And Xbox, I feel like is finally starting to figure out what works for them, that their last developer direct is when we got um, Hi-Fi Rush shadow dropped. So people seem to like that a lot and, I know they've announced their Xbox showcase for June, followed by a developer direct with Bethesda on Starfield going over for like 30 minutes. So just because E3 is gone doesn't mean E3 season is still gone. We, we, we have all the other companies. We have Jeff Keighley with Summer Games Fest. And like I said, I think this is it for E3. E3 has been you know dying slowly, painfully for years. And this is the one-two punch that is just going to put them out. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely feels like a death by a thousand cuts, like just Mm -hmm. slowly but surely just everyone is pulled out, you know, and like for whatever PR reason they want to give like, oh, they don't have enough or like, oh, it's, you know, not quite the right time. We're going to do our own thing. And like you said, yeah, like everyone's still doing announcements basically the same week. They're just not going to fork over a bunch of money to eat or to the what is it like ESB or Uh, whatever company it is. ESA. Yeah, they're just not going to fork over a bunch of money to there. But instead, what they're going to do with that money is they're going to fork it over to Jeff Keighley because <laughs> he just like he he essentially bullied E3 out of existence. Obviously, that's a generalization, you know, COVID, a lot of things and like stagnation. They were on top for so long. I feel like they just kind of stopped trying to innovate. So like there's multiple factors. But like if you want to talk about like a like the silver bullet that really just executed them, it was Jeff Keighley being like, oh, no, you guys suck. I'm going to do my own thing thing and make the summer games fest and just like completely execute you and like make you a relic of the past and that's essentially exactly what happened like mm-hmm. even with the pandemic and like all of these things he like came out and just like shot it forward and like they've just progressively gotten better and better and it just shows that like sometimes you just need a singular progressive mind that really loves and cares about a thing and just put him in charge let him talk to people and like make deals and like it's some of the most hyped times of the year is no longer E3. It's it's summer games fest with uh, Jeff Keighley. And what's nice about Jeff, you know, being the guy from the Game Awards, being its you know inception founder there. He, you know, Jeff had worked for G4 TV back in the day. He was part of that. Mm-hmm. He has worked with ESA previously on E3. So starting with the Game Award stuff, evolving from you know TGX and you know all that stuff back when it used to be other things. And he's built this brand and it grows and grows every single year. And you get some awesome announcements. I remember a few years back when, you know, Joker from Persona 5 was announced for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Me and you lost our minds. Like, that was so (laughs) awesome. I literally remember our text thread from like four years ago with that. So... Yeah, that was was up there with, um, I guess, spoilers for... Uh, uh, the movie that was like one of the highest grossing movies of all time ever that came out like three years ago. But like when Cap picks up Mjolnir, oh, yeah. it was like up there in terms of hype for me. That was like, and like granted, I saw that movie when I was super sleep deprived and in like a, a theater full of cult people, <laughs> but like it was great. Uh, and yeah, seeing that announcement and like the persona music is playing for, 
Ooh, yeah, no, he he brings the sauce. He brings oh, yeah. the heat. And uh, in Jeff, we trust, you know, like in mm-hmm. in uh, in gun, we trust for DC and in Jeff, we trust for video game announcements. Yeah. And uh, one speaking of James Gunn in DC that reminded me really quickly, we don't have to dive into it, but um, Disney, you know, we talked about Bob Iger taking back over. Did you see the news this week from Disney? No. What did they announce? 7,000 layoffs. Oh, and uh, one of the heads of Marvel Entertainment was laid off as well. Um, not Marvel Studios, but Marvel Entertainment. So it seems like they're kind of turning Marvel Entertainment closer to the Disney side. They're consolidating them. They're trying to cut back, save some money. So I think we have a, uh, a different future coming for the Disney related stuff for your Star Wars, for your Marvel stuff moving forward. I think we're hopefully going to see less, which is what we talked about previously, what we wanted to kind of consolidate yeah. focus but we'll see. It's it's layoffs have been happening left and right this year. Um, I'm I'm a recruiter for my day job in the tech space. So this year alone, you know, Google, Twitter, Meta, all these companies, we've seen probably over a hundred thousand total layoffs in the tech space in the last three months. It's it's awful. Yeah, but, I, I actually just saw before this, like I was waiting at the dentist's office, and like there was a report that EA was. Uh, just getting around to like a massive wave of uh, layoffs, even though they had like some like really strong profits so far this year. So it's like, like a part, like, obviously I am not like an economist, right? I'm not like any sort of an expert on like the financial sector at all, or like how macroeconomics or any of that works, but like, just like, you know, just average Joe, like gut reaction um, is that these big corporations just stuck, right? Yep. You know, because like, like they they report it's like, oh, we've never had higher profits before than this. Like, it's this has literally been our best year ever in the history of man. And then they'll be like, but we're also gonna like lay off, you know, like twenty thousand employees because other people are doing layoffs, which means that we have an excuse to do layoffs and like cut, you know, pennies that way and not look like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So like, again, like. If you have to do layoffs, you know, because like the business really actually requires it, then like, okay, I understand. It sucks. My heart bleeds for anyone that loses their job for like any reason in that way. But like, you know, you got to figure like, like these people could like take a pay cut at the top. Yeah. These, these, the CEOs, like layoffs aren't always like the immediate answer. So while I hope that everyone bounces back on their feet, which we know they won't, not everyone just statistically, like it's not going to happen. Um, You hope that enough of them do, but like you always have to remember that we should like really try to keep these people accountable and like really just be like, Hey, do you really got to lay off these like 7,000 people with families and homes and dogs? Like it's, so it sucks. But yeah, in terms of slimming down, specifically what you brought up with like Marvel and Disney. Um, You hope that it was like, because they're wanting to go in a new direction and not because they just wanted to save some cash because yeah, yeah, like what we talked about, they need to like really start spacing out like what they're doing and like put a little bit more effort into not necessarily like the quality or like the standard of their programming, but just making sure that every project like is just like a definitive banger, yeah. you know, like you don't want like a bunch of like mid tier type of things coming out. Like I want it to just be like, like 
just go back to it being a spectacle. Like twice a year we get a thing and like it just hits really hard every time. I would much prefer that than just an oversaturation, especially yep. because like Marvel's not the only person in town now doing these things. Like yep. we've got DC, we've got like just like other third party things like the boys and mm-hmm. you know, Invincible. Just like there's so many like comic book or superhero based things. So like you got to do a better job of like making it worthwhile because if they come out like, and I say they, if anyone comes out with another black Adam movie, (laughs) like no boycott them, execute them, like never let them work in Hollywood again. They're done. You're forgetting about, you know, Dr. Michael Morbius. You know, (laughs) funnily enough, I did forget about that. Morbius was so bad that I actually, I think, yeah, I think I repressed that even though it came out like a year ago and it was, I had AMC a list at the time and it was still like not worth going to see like my quote unquote free movie. It was like, it was so hard to just not be on my phone, like just scrolling through Twitter or like playing a mobile game. And I very vehemently am against having a phone in any capacity (laughs) in a movie theater. So it was, uh, yeah, that was pain. What's, what's worse, Morbius or black Adam? You didn't see black Adam. Did you? So, I haven't seen either. I haven't seen either. I did watch uh, Venom 2 on a plane and I was going to watch Morbius after. And I think if I had, I probably would have like jumped out of the plane. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) that's that's fair. Um, Yeah, that uh, between the two, I guess, knee jerk reaction. They're both losers. Yeah, I mean, Venom 2 at least embraced what it was, which is a romantic comedy between Eddie Brock and Venom. You know, it's not a good movie. Yeah. It's it's just a romantic mm-hmm. comedy between those two. That's fine. But uh, so speaking of good movies, you know, because uh, yes. I, I feel like we could just keep going on with that. But uh, we both saw John Wick. Do you have the numbers pulled up? Because it's slaying at the box office compared to uh, previous entries at the start. I mean, John Wick has done OK at the box office previously, but chapter four is off to a great start. Yeah, so I've got the numbers pulled up. I I go through like several different websites whenever I look at these type of nerdy statistics just so that I kind of like keep like a like a a good overall median average. You know, some numbers get reported differently. Um, But looking at boxofficemojo.com right now, uh, the opening weekend. So just that March 24th through 26th, Friday through Sunday, uh, it grossed to $73,817,950 across 3,800 uh, theaters. Uh, it's rated R, two hours, 49 minute runtime. And uh, yeah, this movie, it it's, you know, I feel like lately the movies that we've talked about have been kind of bad. Yeah. And, and this is the exact opposite. This is. Well, not the exact opposite. It's more than kind of good. It's yep. kind of effing it's, fantastic. Yes. It's it's perfect. So we're going to do something that we're going to try and we'll see how it goes. So listeners at home, please let us know what you think. But we're going to review it. Uh, we're gonna, going to say our scores at the same time. So we'll try and coordinate this the best we can since we're not in person. But I do not know what Jack's going to say. We have not given any thoughts about this movie. Uh, I saw it just last night. So it's fresh in my head. Jack saw it a few days ago. And uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's counter in. Okay. Let's go. I uh, one to one scale one to 10. Uh, no in-betweens. Just, you know, right. We'll, we'll, we'll go in three, two, one, nine, 10. Okay. 
I knew I knew you were going to give it a ten. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, I I, I was t- tossing and turning all day. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'll let you talk first, and because I know you okay. saw it first, so you're probably dying to let it out. Yeah. So John Wick Chapter Four. Um, um, no spoilers here. Be, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Still no spoilers. We'll we'll get into that way later. Um, the reason that I gave it a ten and not a nine, I feel like I've been giving a lot more tens out here recently in some of our review things than you have, even though I claim to be more critical. Um, I'm, I'm want, very like, critical. Yeah, if you want like a super like critical review of Chapter Four, I'd probably give it an eight. But if we're just talking about like what this movie did for me and how it made me feel and just like just the movie as a whole, not just in a vacuum bubble, like looking at it through an analytical critical eye, it's a 10 for me, hands down. And the reason for that, uh, one of the reasons for that is that it's been almost a week and I'm still thinking about that Mm -hmm. movie and like some of the things that happened into it. And I mean, like the numbers speak for themselves, like people are going to see this movie and it's awesome. And, uh, you know, to think that this all stemmed from like the 2014 John Wick movie that did not put up near these types of numbers. Um, Didn't Jack Reacher do more than John Wick originally? I'm pretty sure. Originally, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Jack Reacher got a, I don't think they got greenlit for a sequel. They had one sequel. And then I think that one did really bad and that was it. So like, look at Keanu now, like Tom Cruise has Mission Impossible, sure. And we love him for that, but, and Top Gun Maverick, but John Wick is a special franchise. Um, It was very hard for me to give it the nine. I I was sitting there watching it the, the whole entire time. Like I have no complaints. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a blast to watch from end to end. Yes, it's a long movie, but there's so much going on. You don't even realize like there are basically three main set pieces for that movie and they last like 45 minutes each without stopping. And you don't have time to go to the bathroom because you're afraid you're going to miss the next awesome thing. And let me tell you, there are so many awesome things. You keep thinking, how are they going to top this? And then the next scene, they do it. And once we get into spoilers, there's a couple moments that I have to call out, but it's, it was fantastic. I think this is the least amount John spoke the entire franchise. Um, I saw like a uh, article where Keanu said 248 words, the entire movie. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's very action heavy. Um, The story I think is a little bit lighter than the past movies, but again, the lore is great. And yeah, that, I think that's what carries the movie is the, the action and the lore. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you really nailed it too. I think one of the biggest things that really pushed it to a 10 for me is because it is a long movie, uh, but it did not feel like it at all. Mm-hmm. Like from the moment, the, like from the first opening scene, until the very end of the credits, because there's a, a single post credit scene at the very end. Um, it like between the bookends, I didn't look at my watch once. I, I did not want this movie to end at all. And at no point during the movie did I think, Oh, uh, that's kind of long in the tooth here, guys. We want to like maybe wrap this up soon. Like at, at one point, I think I was probably about two thirds of the way through the movie where I thought, Oh no, I think we're getting closer to the end. Like I was worried that it was going to be ending soon rather than being like, come on guys, let's wrap it up. It's been three hours. Like there's only so much you can do. I think I I know the moment you're talking about too. Like I was probably, I'm assuming the DJ part, right? Right before that hit. 
Um, the DJ part, and then also whenever the camera went up in yes. the house. Oh, so good. Can't wait that to talk so about good. that specific scene is like shot of the franchise right there. Yeah. But and yeah. you know, you, you talked about how like Keanu Reeves really didn't have very many lines in this, and it's like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't need him to because like I kind of liken it to like a JRPG where he is the silent protagonist that we are projecting <laughs> ourselves onto yeah. in a way, you know, and it's like, yeah, dude, I don't need you to talk. I just need you to be like the biggest badass to have ever existed. And, you know, even though Keanu was the star of this movie, I got to say that Donnie Yen oh. stole yes, every it's... scene that he was in. Yeah. He he like just grand theft scene. He stole every scene that was in. I could not take my eyes off of him. And it's actually kind of weird at this point that he's been in two projects where he's been like a blind person that like, you know, is like this crazy, insane assassin. So like, it's kind of like, is he getting typecast into that role? Which is kind of weird. Cause like he can see, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm just here for any project where we get Donnie Yen getting to do anything that he wants because he is just so like also just like charismatic and fun to watch and just man you want to talk about like fights oh yeah (laughs) i I wonder if like keanu saw star wars rogue one and was like i need donnie yen and i want him to play a blind guy and just have him mess everybody up because like yeah i mean that's what happened essentially yeah, whether it's Star Wars or like you look at like the Ip Man movies, like specifically the the four Ip Man movies that star Donnie Yen, or like if you want to go back further, uh, forgive me if I get the name wrong. I want to say it was the Legend of Chen Zen, uh, which is another movie that was in. Like this this man is a martial arts master, specifically like Wing Chun and like Kung Fu, but like like this guy. F- and like to see just everything even like down to like the small like not even necessarily small but like i feel like to most people like smaller details like he's chinese and you know he does kung fu which is a chinese thing uh like a chinese martial arts um and whenever he uses a weapon specifically his sword it's a chinese imperial saber it's not like a katana which is japanese or like a broadsword which is like english or germanic um just like little touches like that like that would be the weapon that he would be comfortable with and like man just every everything like the little doorbells that he has just everything about this movie was just like so you could tell that it was just lovingly crafted mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun to watch so, and experience. So I saw it in IMAX with Dolby Atmos. Uh, did you see it on a regular screen or were you able to see it in IMAX? Um, it wasn't IMAX, but it's like close. It's like the Cinemark equivalent of IMAX. Mm. It's like the Cinemark like DX plus Ultra yeah. Supreme or whatever they got. Um, so like it was it was quite a bit bigger than like a normal movie theater, but I think it's probably a little bit smaller than like an, like an IMAX IMAX yeah. type of thing. Um, but like we were immersed into yeah. the movie. Technically was mine was called Emax, but it wasn't, you know, not officially IMAX branded, but it's essentially IMAX and the sound quality with Adobe Atmos, like that movie, oh. as soon as it starts off the thumps you hear, I was like, Oh, I'm in for a treat. And I was so, um, Top level thoughts. That's pretty much all I have to say without spoilers. Just besides, if you are a fan of this franchise, see it on the big screen. This was my first John Wick to see on the big screen. I came to the series a little bit late. It was like right before three 
I watched one and two. And then I mm-hmm. waited till three came out on like HBO to watch it. So like I haven't been a fan of the franchise as long as most, especially you, but I loved it on the big screen. If you can see it on the big screen, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, obviously it's, you know, not possible for everyone just depending on like where you live or like, you know, any sort of like concerns that you may have just with like going out in general, things like that. Totally get it. But if you have the means to see it in theaters, do it because it it this is one of those things it's up there with like top gun maverick or Mm -hmm. like avatar in terms of just like it is a spectacle that you are you are doing an injustice to yourself if you don't see it on a movie theater screen for your first viewing you know multiple viewings after that yeah buy it rent it whatever you got want to do but like that first viewing it it has so much more impact whenever you see it in a theater especially like in a theater that was pretty packed with also like everyone else that is also like hype and reacting in the same way that you are. Oh, I was, and I it, was very vocal during this movie. Like I haven't been this vocal during a movie since Avengers Endgame. Like literally yeah. almost every scene I was like verbally either laughing or like screaming at the theme at, at the screen. It was, it was great. And I saw on a Tuesday night and my theater was almost full in the IMAX and the big, probably 16, 18 rows full of people. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We saw it on a Saturday morning showing and uh, yeah, packed theater. It was the exact opposite of my Shazam experience where there was like two other people in the entire theater. Um, But it was packed. Everyone was like there for a good time. And like, yeah, there were, a lot of like audible, like, Ooh, or just like, you know, just all of the reactions that you would expect to like get from like a big, awesome action movie. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was such a good time. Like I'm still thinking about not even just the movie, but the entire experience as a whole, it was so much fun. And it has been a while, I would say since I like remember really like leaving a movie theater that like happy and excited of like the thing that I watched, yeah. you know, like it just, it does that. Yep. And I think that's where we'll stop the spoiler free section. So here's your final spoiler warning for not just John Wick four, but the series as a whole. Spoiler time. I think that, you know, if we just want to go like chronologically for like the, really the big things that stood out to me, um, just the entire, everything that happened in Japan in like the Okinawan continental. So good. That's why I mentioned earlier about ghost of Tsushima. Like I have so Mm -hmm. much faith that Chad is going to crush it. Yeah. This was so sick. And like, obviously we had like sort of like the ode to like the Lawrence of Arabia at the beginning, wherever Mm -hmm. they were like on horseback in the desert. And like, he like mercs, I guess, like the new guy that sits above the table or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, this is the one where it's really like, oh, this is a this is a set piece. This is a sequence, and like, this is like you know, like the first real big one of the movie, and they slayed it. It was so cool. Just everything from like, like the way that these guys are using the swords and like the bow and arrows, and just like like the body armor and every and like the clothing, oh, that the samurai lighting. armor they had that was like full on yeah. metal and like sleek. It was like the most modern badass samurai armor I've probably ever seen. Dude, it was so cool. And then like you talk about like even just like the lighting that they had throughout the hotel with like all of the neon lights for it. It was so cool and so hype. And like those fights were so incredibly 
entertaining and sick. And they though that sequence, like that very, very long sequence, I think really set the tone for what we were in for mm-hmm. uh for the rest of the movie especially with like the the big introduction with like donnie yen's character seeing like how this blind guy was gonna yep. fight and like you know mm-hmm. i mentioned a few minutes ago about like how he has like the little doorbells that he like stuck on there so that he would like know where they are and just like everything about it he like yeah he was awesome every single stunt person was awesome well not to uh, mention this- too we got her uh, yuki sonata in the movie yes. which plays shimazu and most recently i saw him in mortal Kombat, and mm-hmm. i love him as an actor i think he has such a good presence and like i loved him and john's chemistry the fight with him and kane which was you know danny uh, donnie yen's character like mm-hmm. if it wasn't for donnie yen he, he would have been my favorite for sure because he I, I, he was great the entire time he was on screen. He was, you know, the tragic ending for him. It was that that 45 minute section because it was a very long set piece. The nunchucks like Keanu used the nunchucks in the most white man way possible. He's like, hey, I'm just going to take this and smack you with it. I'm not a good like yeah. nunchuck user. But like when he was doing the flips around, like, he could use them. But he's like, no, I'm John Wick. I'm just going to wail on you with them. There's no samurai yeah. art to this. It's just me and doing John Wick. Yeah. And, it, you know, that really it speaks to it because like y- y- there were flashes throughout where you could see and like you could see that it was Keanu, too. It wasn't yeah. a stunt person like using the nunchucks and like um, going through different forms and things like that. And it's like you could tell that he put in the work to like know how to use them and and really even how to like utilize them with like jujitsu with like takedowns and like choke holds and like arm holds and things like that um but yeah like it it just shows like his specialty like his specialty is not nunchucks or like swordplay it is like give me a pistol and i will make everything in this room unalive yep. and he and like i think that's actually good it's it's better to me that John Wick as a character is not just a Mary Sue in terms of like, oh, I'm proficient with all weapons, no matter where they are from or what training I have. Like, I just magically know how to use everything. It makes sense that he would like dabble in most things and like be able to kind of hold his own. But yeah, in a life or death situation, like I got a club and a chain and I'm going (laughs) to hit you with it until you are unalive. Yeah. And I'm going to move on. And yeah, just so cool. Hiroyuki's uh, performance like you want to talk about someone that has the charisma to just intimidate you just by existing <laughs> I, like I, just I, so like just so heroic and grand of a presence that he had like you like when he talks you listen <laughs> i'm putting money down right now uh i'm i'm willing to bet a hundred dollars that he is going to be in ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I, I did not expect you to go that route. And I was I was about to just like take the bet. I was like, this is going to be an easy hundred dollars. Like, even though we just had everything everywhere all at once, like there's no shot that like whatever you're about to say. No. That, yeah. I feel like that is a shoe in like yeah. maybe for like either like the dad or the supporting character or the, honestly, the, maybe the even uncle. Jin Sakai. Yeah, Jin, Jin's supposed to be good. young, so I don't think he'll play Jin, but I think he can play the uncle for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely the uncle. I Which would be see, so yeah. sad because I the the ending for the uncle is brutal. Hey, spoiler for a three year old game, there, man. Hey, you know, and it actually, it's it's your choice. You know, um, I actually s- true. spoke with someone at work who didn't do the ending that he should have, and uh, 
Mm. Everyone, everyone else had words with him. Um, if if you're listening, Brad, you chose wrong. Aaron, yeah, suck it, Brad. Yeah. You're stupid, and Aaron, you're you should be ashamed of yourself. Aaron, I know you're listening. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Aaron, you got a good head on your shoulders. Keep it up. All right, be on the right side of history, unlike Brett. Brad. Brad. Uh, by the Brad. way, Jack, Aaron's the one who sent sent that message to you the other day via text. Just so you know. Oh, okay. Okay. About, about yeah. the raid shotgun. Aaron, let's just <laughs> say that like we've broken even now because I've also got the shotgun, so I forgive you for getting it before I did. So like we're cool now. Like we're just starting from <laughs> starting from scratch. So speaking we're of bros now. Speaking of like shotguns, I know it wasn't a shotgun, it was more of a rifle, but um my my actual only real complaint with the movie and why I didn't give it the 10 is uh the tracker character. Uh nobody. Um but they mm-hmm. technically refer to him as tracker. I liked him, don't get me wrong. I don't think he serviced the plot overall. I think if he were not in the movie, besides the dog doing a couple cool things, I don't think the movie would have been any worse for it. I, I I just don't understand what they were going for with him, especially at the end when he's just sitting on the bench drinking a beer, like watching. I'm like, why are you here right now? I don't understand. Like your mission is over. You're not getting paid. Go home. Yeah. To me, that struck me as like, like his character was there to just be like another intimidating presence that could like go about like being someone that could arguably like find and tr- and like kill John Wick mm-hmm. other than just Donnie Yen's character because like let's be real like homies that were just like you know like working on their car in their garage and then they get a text message like hey you want to make 20 something million dollars if you can kill like the literal god of death incarnate and they're like yeah could take him on i could definitely kill him let me just call kevin and the boys and we'll like get in the pickup truck and we we got this like you know this is this is like an actual threat right donnie yen and uh the tracker those are and like i guess like the the uh the dealer or whatever that they had oh to deal with oh my god he was awesome yeah, so like those are like really the only like actual threats of like this guy could do some damage to like John Wick, right? I, like he's yeah. he was one of the only characters that had a shot. So and I liked that they had him as a character that like granted like his motivation like I still don't really like fully accept or whatever like there's no way they're going to let you just buy yourself out. But like it's I like that they went a very different way and a different style than Donnie Yen's character so that we had kind of like two ends of the spectrum of like what it means to like be entrenched into this world and like going after John Wick two separate ways because like Donnie Yen's character Kane like he was friends with Wick so like he had you know like a feeling it's like I bet John Wick is gonna go like here like he has ties here I can like go on like he was using past you know friendship points in order to like track him down and find him whereas the tracker like he was just out there like being the world's greatest detective figuring out like where he was gonna be so i I feel like it serviced it in that way and then i think also like just to show like this is a man who will do any like like that scene where like the knife went through his hand or whatever Mm. like this man will do anything in order to like achieve his goal and I think it made it that more, much more impactful whenever he like essentially just, you know, he changed his mind. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to do what I can to like give you a shot. Yeah. And I think him like at the end, like I think the reason that he didn't leave at that point was because, you know, I, I feel like at that point, the the 
perspective of like protagonists that we are watching kind of like was subtly shifting from John Wick 100% of the time to also the tracker to Mm. kind of more so like sympathize with just because like, like that is a person it's like, dude, I just spent like a really long time following you, trying to murder you. And like, we're cool now. (laughs) So like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch your journey to the end. You know, like you've earned that respect from me. So I'm going to like see this through with you. Yeah. But like as a bystander, because I don't want to die. Yeah. I, I liked his tracker side of him. I, I did like that plot point. I have no qualms with that or his acting and the dog was awesome. I just in no world felt that this dude could kill John Wick. Like, yeah, he had a chance to in Okinawa and he, you know, let him go. But like Donnie Yen could kill John Wick. He's one of the few characters I think that could actually kill John Wick in a hand-to-hand fight. Like, the dude from John Wick 3 at the end, he put up a decent fight, but Donnie Yen could literally, with his eyes closed, you know, no pun intended, murk that guy. So, (laughs) yeah, he didn't, he he wasn't, he didn't feel like a real threat to me, that's all. I think I wish they would have focused on him a bit more, because, like, Bill Skarsgård, who played the main villain in this movie, did a pretty good job. I I thought, like, Normally Sorry. the the villains are like the weaker points of the John Wick movies. It's more about just the action getting you from plot A to point B, you know, and all mm-hmm. that moving forward. Besides the first main villain, I didn't really connect with the villains. And Bill Skarsgård was probably the best overall, I think, of any of the villains they've had so far. He wasn't perfect, but he was he was good. Yeah, I think he like showed like a very like cold, brutal, um, like sort of like rather than like this is not the guy that like goes out and like murders someone this is the guy who like is you know he is the 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 shadow manipulator you know he is the one that gives orders uh but his orders are carried out and his orders are typically very brutal and painful and a bad time for anyone involved against him um yeah i liked his performance um i think that uh one thing that I, I think really stood out um, was it in three. I just watched all of these back to back. So <laughs> me they too. kind of blend together. Um, the, um, the character from, I think three, the sushi chef. Yeah. That was like, uh, yeah, that was the guy in three that had like the sword fight towards the end. Then that really cool yeah. location. Okay. Yeah. So that guy was the one where like, Like, cause he was like fanboying over John Wick, like throughout like some of those scenes at the end, which was very funny. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was actually like, well done. It didn't like it, like the jokes landed for me. Um, but like after watching it, I told my wife and it's like, uh, it's like the kids in the car meme where it's like, mommy, mommy, we want Donnie Yen. And (laughs) it's, and then it's a picture of Kane. And then mom's like, we have Donnie Yen at home. And then it's like a picture <laughs> of of that the sushi chef, just in terms of like the friendship, because you could tell John and Kane actually were like friends and respected mm-hmm. each other. Whereas the sushi chef, it was much more one-sided. Like and like even just like from some of those lines where John was like, dude, I, I don't know you. <laughs> like yeah. stop, you're dead. So we, we talked a little bit about the Okinawa scene being a standout. I, I do think the other two set pieces were as equally good. Um, we had, you know, the the fight scene in the club with the rainwater falling down against the dealer, like you mentioned. Like, that was so beautifully shot. Like, the director and the cinematographer for this um, are just 
perfect. Like they just, they knew what they were doing and that whole fight was awesome. Um, I was listening to kind of funny talk about this movie today and Tim from kind of funny was comparing it to like that guy was like a mini boss or a side boss, you know, to get through. And like, you could just see him slowly wearing down as John's throwing axes at him. It's like in the leg and the butt shooting him. Like, and then like the way he went out and like, he fell and like broke his neck and like is dead. And John has to get his, one of his teeth to show he killed him. And he's punching his dead face to get off one of his gold teeth. It was so brutal and so awesome. And it, it was, it was very well done. Um, but I still think shot of the movie overall goes to like what you allude to earlier with like the video game hotline Miami type shot where they had the drone above and you see it from like a top down perspective. And John has like this flame gun. Uh, it was like a drag, like dragon's breath, dragon's breath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That, that was one of the coolest action scenes of all time. Yeah, and and it's it's crazy too because before that was, you know, a big chase sequence through like the streets of France and like specifically where they're going like through a bunch of like oncoming traffic that on was awesome. foot around the Arc de Triomphe and like that at that point I was like this is one of the coolest things I have ever seen like done, right? And just like in cinema like all of the moving parts in order to get everything to line up and look good and, and again like not only to make it work, but to make it look good. Yeah. Right? Like it, it was so fantastic. And I, I was thinking, it's like, dude, that is like, that is like the, the cherry on top. That is the thing that like anyone who worked on this movie would put as like the big, like top title of their resume moving forward, trying to find work. It's like, Hey, I like was a part of like this sequence. Like this is like the Mm -hmm. big, awesome, crazy, like genre defining thing. And then they, yeah, they hit us with like Miami, Miami vice just with like the dragon's breath shotgun and like going from like up above. And like that one, you know, it, I'm pretty sure it was mostly just like a couple of shots. Like there were Mm -hmm. very few breakaways from it. And like, yeah, you want to talk about like, I just like ate my words immediately just a couple mm-hmm. minutes after watching this yeah. awesome like car stunt sequence where like that whole thing is going through in, in the, the building. And it was like, this is one of the coolest things I have seen in a movie literally ever in yeah. my life. Well, it was and so cool. I'm pretty sure I, I haven't played the game. So correct me if I'm wrong, if, you, if you've even played it. So we have Hotline Miami, which was clearly inspired from. But there is a John Wick game that's top down. And I'm like, are they just being super meta with this right now? Because I think they are. I have not played the John Wick game, so I can't speak yeah. from experience. Um, I will say that I play some Pistol Whip on the MetaQuest <laughs> and uh, definitely channels the, the inner nice. John Wick. But, so, in, um, in, yeah, so cool. you talked about like resume building for people who filmed that Paris shot, the steps, that scene yes. as well. Like, again, they just keep leveling up their skills. And that was all like one set piece. Essentially, you had them getting around the Eiffel Tower to in the building with the uh, over the or the uh, the drone shot from above. And then you go to the 222 steps that John has to climb and he sees him. He starts walking up. He's like, Oh man, this sucks. And then a bunch of dudes show up and he has to kill them all while traveling up and then has to do it again because he fell down all 222 steps. Dude, you want to talk about like, cause we were talking about like how we both saw this in like packed theaters 
And like th- this, the stairway sequence is the the one where I really noticed like more audible cues from like the theater that I was in. Um, also because like this was the one that got a lot more like verbal responses from me because I, I typically try to stay quiet in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like th- th- I was in a very good theater. Everyone was <laughs> hype. Everyone was like great to be there. And just like any time like he like fell down the stairs and then like we'd have the long shot of him just falling and rolling and rolling and like hitting these stairs and then like he'd get like a second of reprieve but then someone else would kick him down even more like you want to talk about just an entire theater of people just going oh no (laughs) just and just ooh, like oh like just like the the like that was a visceral reaction of of just everyone being like dude that looks like so painful and that's oh. <laughs> when when he fell out of like that four story building and landed on the van and then landed on the oh, street yeah uh yeah i was audible there for sure like this yeah. man had takes zero fall damage apparently like you said this takes place over like the course of like a month like all four movies like how many broken bones does john wick have you know, and like, yeah. oh, it's it's ridiculous, but awesome. Yeah, so awesome. And it's like, that's one of those things I completely, I do not care. I realize that it's unrealistic and there's no way that any human being is getting up and walking mm-hmm. away, let alone crawling away from the stuff that this man has like gone through. I don't care. It is mm-hmm. so much fun. They do such a good job with the action and like, the the cinematography that they just they get a blank check they like they get a free pass for any like minor things like that like mm-hmm. i don't care like john wick is a superhero he mm-hmm. he is nathan drake there is <laughs> nothing can kill this man yep. he is he is unstoppable and just watching everything about it it is you just turn your brain off and you just enjoy and not even I don't even mean that like in a slight with like that you'd hear with like other action movies of like, Oh, you just turn your brain off and don't think about it. I just mean it in the sense of like, like just watch it. It is so much fun and it is so cool. And like something that I thought about multiple times throughout. And it's one of those things that I feel like I'm just a broken record that I harp on all of the time. And like the, the thing that John wick, the, the franchise as a whole does so incredibly well they film on location whenever it is humanly possible. They don't use green screens, you know, whenever it is feasibly possible. They go to like Paris and like mm-hmm. these like clubs and like they find the set pieces to work with and they put in the work with the stunt team to make these so cool. Like you don't get shaky cam, you don't get. 27 different cuts for Liam Neeson jumping over a singular chain link fence. (laughs) You know, it is, it is just like a a couple of cuts here and there, but like for the most part, it is just a wide angle shot where you can see these professionals just kill each other. And it is so, it is so cool. And like, honestly, this movie more than anything else that I have ever seen in my entire life is proof that like like send this in like get a dvd send it to the oscars whoever is in charge of the oscars i don't know how that works um and just like just put like some tape on the envelope that says 
uh, proof that stunts and like stunt coordinators and stuntmen need an official category of recog- like recognition mm-hmm. at the Oscars yes. because what they achieved in filmmaking, like in stunt work and things like that is like truly phenomenal and groundbreaking. And I don't think I've ever seen a more deserving cast or crew like that should get like some kind of crazy, awesome statue of a little <laughs> golden person. Right. Like yep. that, th- that stunt team killed it. Like these people should theoretically like just in terms of quality and like that they put into this movie, they should theoretically be able to get literally any stunt job or like Hollywood job that they want for the rest of their lives. Just by saying I worked on John wick four, yeah. <laughs> like I was a part of like stunt coordination or whatever, like that should just be like the blank check to be like, yeah, you can work on literally any project in Hollywood because they, they really sharpened their teeth like with the first three movies and in this fourth one, like you could tell they sent it all the way home. Like it was so sick. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to make sure we have enough time at the end to rank the series. So um, I, I want to talk about the ending. So I want to give it its fair shake because it's, a, I think a special ending. Um, we, we haven't even talked about uh, Lawrence Fishburne at all. Uh, the King. And, you know, he's not in this movie a ton, but when, when he's there, he's there and he kills every scene he's in. And they had some nice foreshadowing leading into the end before the Paris fight scene with John and talking about tombstones and specifically with Lance Reddick, the uh, the concierge of the New York Continental and seeing him die in the beginning was such a gut punch. You know, because he just died in real life, you know, for us with Destiny and then the series and other things and knowing that he's gone in real life, that hurt. It really did. It was it was hard to watch. And when the the hotel manager's talking about Sharon and on his tombstone, all he could put was just friend like that was a huge gut punch. And John was like, well, when I die, I want to say loving husband. And I'm like, oh, no, is John going to die? What's going to happen? And we and, have, and then you even have, and then you even have it where like Lawrence Fishburne gives him the suit, and it's like you, you got to look your best on like the day that you get married or buried, and it's yeah. like oh. not necessarily foreshadowing. That's just like a really really cool line, yeah. But like you know, just like multiple things in this movie, like really alluding to like this being Keanu Reeves like last yeehaw performance yeah. as John Wick. Yeah, and before we get to the the end, end, I mean that whole end sequence with Donnie Yen and Keanu Reeves, you know the the pacing, you know with the literally the thirty paces, and you have Clancy Brown and his excellent voice, you know narrating things as they're going, and we had said the line at the start of this podcast. It was the final thing they said to each other before the final shot, and like the way they filmed that there on top of the steps with the sunrise over Paris, it was magical like the the lighting was incredible you got to assume part of that was probably green screen because to get that on location with the sunrise that would take so many takes over the course of days so i would assume some of it's green screen but it did not look like it was so yeah it was it was so well done and so well handled and to have like the grand marquee get arrogant and think he won he was putting the final bullet into john (laughs) john's like i didn't shoot my last round you idiot boom headshot game over yeah and yeah that was so that was good. fantastic and like yeah that was like really like it's it, yeah that was perfect because you know like we got the verbal confirmation that donnie yen and his daughter were free 
And like at that point, it's like, cool, I'm going to merc this guy now because like I win at that point. Like I just needed this person to die. Mm-hmm. That was the terms of the agreement. Yep. Um. Yeah. Just like that whole sequence. It was like beautifully shot. Yes. So impactful. And like it's one of those things like it's 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 it reminds me of John Wick one, how like you go through all of these like crazy big action set pieces and then you end it with just like this much smaller, more intimate one on one. And like th- this one also follows that like you have these big, crazy, awesome, super cool, like over the top set pieces with like a thousand guys versus this one dude with a pistol. And like then it ends, you know, in this very like much more quiet, less frenetic, you know, just Donnie Yen, John Wick, and like a couple of bystanders that are watching. And mm-hmm. like, that's how it ends. And it's much more quiet and and visceral in that regards too, it, because like, beautiful. you don't really know, like you don't know every time they like raise that gun up to shoot, like you don't know, like, it, like when is it going to like end? When is it going to be decided? And, you know, we're just like holding our breath the whole time. And yeah, it's just so beautiful and mm-hmm. so cool. And, you know, I think whenever, you know, John Wick is like going down and like, j- like he just sits on the steps mm-hmm. and like, uh, that was just like that. What a, what a badass dude. Yeah. Like such a cool way to go out. Like yeah. that was so sick. And so how do you take the ending? Do you think he's actually dead or do you think they left it a little bit open nebulous or if he ever wants to come back because there have been news reports saying Lionsgate would wants to bring him back for a fifth. So I don't think they should. I, I hope they don't, but they could. I think there's a chance he's still around, but what do you think? Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of things that I can shed some light onto this. Obviously we're in full spoiler mode, so I'm just going to dig right in. Um, yeah. So Lionsgate reported recently that they want to keep going with John wick, like the franchise because like, of course they do. It makes them so much money, especially versus like the amount of money it costs to make these movies. Like, of course they want to like milk this. They want to make this until the next MCU for themselves. <laughs> um, like who wouldn't uh, it, like John Wick movies just print money now at this point. Um, but uh, I was reading a report uh, earlier just after the movie that um Originally, Lionsgate was pressuring the director and everyone to film four and five just back to back, just immediately so that they could get that ball rolling. And the director, as well as like like Keanu specifically, because, you know, he's the character that they wanted to sunset. were like, we like we can't do this. We can't top ourselves like Mm. we're not good enough to make a five because like we we are physically not good enough to make something better than what we have made with four. So we are not doing it. And for that reason, we are like, we are going to definitively kill John wicks character. Um, and Lionsgate was like, we're going to murder you. (laughs) Like we hate you. And to their credit, they didn't fight back too hard for it. Like they were pretty adamant. Like, no, we can't, we we're physically not capable of making a five at this point. Like, especially not that quickly back to back. Like we just, we haven't had a chance to like learn and grow from four in order to do that. And they, um, they apparently had some early test screenings where they did have it, where John wick survived Mm -hmm. um, instead. And those test screenings were abysmal. Mm. Like it was very, very poorly received. 
Um, so like I killing him is absolutely like the correct choice in yeah. terms like like that is like the entire time, like this whole movie, they just they keep going back to like consequences, you know, for the actions. And like, you know, the, the, that's a fitting way for it to be, you know, like John Wick one, you know, he he was the the victor. But like there are still consequences to everything that this poor man is has been through over the mm-hmm. course of like the, the history's worst month. And, you know, like, it makes sense that, like, that would be how it goes. And it's still technically possible that he's dead, like, alive, I guess. But, like, it's, I would be, I would honestly be surprised if Keanu reprises the role. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he and the director were in such agreement of, like, this is it. So, like, I would be shocked if they do that. And, like, if Lionsgate were to try to recast john wick like in <laughs> the wouldn't. future not like yeah. a prequel like there's no shot that's going over well yeah, like they sure. that 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 would be like the biggest spit in the face and everything that the john wick franchise has done yeah um, i fully so like, agree yeah like don't give us a five let this be an amazing four-piece sequence let this let this have an amazing ending that doesn't you know, don't let this get Game of Thrones. <laughs> don't let this don't let this get lost. Don't let this be like the Dexter. Don't like because like it, it no matter how amazing the franchise is, if you don't stick the landing, none of it matters. Exactly. In the long run, it becomes a meme. And this was such an amazing ending. Let it end that way. Let this be the legacy of it. Like if you're going to do like little side stories in like the Continental or with like other characters fine so be it that's but you better make sure that you put in the same level of like love and care yep um and it's sorry dinner's ready yeah Uh, it's uh like that is like the most important thing and it's i can understand lionsgate wanting a five but like no dude you you gotta pick your battles like this is a lesson for lionsgate to be like oh they did such an amazing job with this franchise they're so good at like making this world and like, you know, just making this amazing, cool, like action set piece rather than look at them and be like, Hey, we want you to make John wick five. I want them to look at it and be like, Hey, what do you want to do next? Yep, exactly. Like, literally Blank just, check. I don't. Yeah. Just like, I don't care what you want to do. Just do something for us and we will give you so much money. You guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> because like it is, it is so like they've earned that, you know, yeah. it's like you, you see like game studios, they put out a banger and then like they're able to like go off and do like this little passion project that maybe won't sell as well, but is something that they're really like they want to do. Like that's what they've earned at this point. You yeah. know, it's like, hey, we make your money with like these big things. Like, let us do this other thing that we're like passionate about. And, yeah. and that's where you get the best results is whenever you give a team so good, just creative freedom like it just do whatever you want man and like we'll check with you in a year so before we sign off uh just quickly what would your ranking of the movies be uh if you were to go from best to worst which they're all great they are am i ranking these like as of right now post john wick four like looking back at them yeah i would give i would give one and now I would give one an eight before so, I would give it a nine because mm. it was, it, it, it was defining at the time, right? Like it mm. was doing the things that like the John wick movies are just known for now. 
um, you know, the first one is the first one that did yeah. that in a world where it was just nothing but shaky cam and awful green screen yeah. and terrible effects. Um, so like then I would give it a nine. Now in the context of the rest of it, I'd give it an eight because it's still just such a visceral yeah. storyline of just like revenge dad, right? Yeah. But like done so well. Two, I would give like a seven. It mm-hmm. wasn't quite as good as the first one, but it was still really good. The ending made Three, that movie. Without that, without two's ending, it would have been not been very good. Hundred percent. Three, I would give a nine. Okay. Um, definitely, I think better than both one and two, which is hard for sequels a lot of the yeah. time. Um, but I think that everything they did, just like the way that they upped themselves, like he killed a guy with like a book, and then like he <laughs> killed a couple of guys with like a horse, like a it pencil. was just yeah, and like the pencil that we got the callback for, it was very cool and like. It was like they kind of like jumped the shark, but like in the good way, you know, like I'm just like they're having fun making this movie like and then, you know, four, I would give that 10 just because, you know, all of the reasons that we've (laughs) talked about. So you would go four, three, one, two. Yes. Okay. so I'm a little different. Not not much. Uh, I would go four, one, three, two. Um, I still, I think one has the best story overall. I think it was 100%. The, the tightest story in the ice. I mean, yes, the special effects, the budget wasn't there, but I think that still holds a special place. Um, mm-hmm. I think three has you know, the best action of the first three for sure. But yeah, four, one, three, two for me. Um, so very similar, but overall great franchise. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it ended how it did so highly, so highly reviewed. Yeah. It's doing well at the box office. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do next. I think what we get next could be very special, but any closing thoughts before we end? I'm super excited to see how this movie does in the long run of the box office. Like I want to see what kind of legs this movie has, whether it's people going back to see it or, you know, like just good word of mouth, getting people to go see this movie, because you got to remember like them making, how much did we say they've made so far 86 a uh, million dollars domestic, 152 and some change worldwide. Yeah. Um, this is an R-rated movie. Yeah, that is that's hard that to is do. Very hard for R-rated movies to make that kind of money. So, like, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how long it lasts because of that. Yeah, and, John, John um, Wick three did like 330 million. I could see this do like 500 easy, if not 600. Um, I think yeah. that's where we'll probably end up sitting if it has legs, which I think it will because of how good it's being reviewed and critically commercially everything and that's even an achievement in of itself just because like post covid it's hard for any movie to like put up gangbuster numbers like that like three came out 2019 when everything was like awesome and cool yeah um and if four tops threes like box office run uh that's really a testament to just like how awesome the the movie is and how powerful like word of mouth and marketing will be for this movie time will tell very excited to see maybe we'll check back in like a month and see like yeah. how it did yeah for or like sure. two months three months you know we'll see if it has the staying power of like top gun maverick i doubt it no, but i hope yeah. it's really long yeah because they've I, earned yeah, it exactly well i think that wraps or about wraps up things for this week's episode had a great time talking about john wick love the movie what are your guys' thoughts? Let us know uh, in, in the comments and in the reviews. Give us some feedback, what you thought, how you'd rank the series as a whole now that it's over. You know, uh, I, I'm very happy with how it ended. And 
we'll we'll see you again next week. Uh, this has been episode eight. So we have crossed the seven episode hump that I, I did read that most podcasts end at. So we are over the hump now. So smooth sailing from okay. here on out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start. We're going to be millionaires now, right? Yeah. That's, that's how, how it works. Yeah. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sick. Awesome. Um, what are you, what are you going to be doing this week? What, what are, what are we looking forward to? You know, not uh, the usual stuff. Um, I, my dog's finally recovered from surgery. So we're back to normal now, finally. So me and my mm-hmm. wife are going to have like an us weekend this weekend. So not really oh, sure. Kind of just kind of play it by ear, but looking forward to just returning to normal. Cause you know, we had to watch her 24 seven after her surgery and it was not a good time. Right. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. It's, it's important to take some me and us time. And that's yeah. so like, I'm uh, Mario, out there. Mario's next week, right? Uh, I believe that it, let me think through my like mental calendar of movies. Yeah. So yeah. this week is D and D I'm super excited for that. Everyone mm-hmm. should go see the D and D movie again. It is reviewing extremely yeah. well, very early that that does not happen for a bad movie. Like this <laughs> is this, mark my words. This is going to be fun. Is it going to be like the best movie? No, absolutely not. But is it going to be fun? I absolutely think yeah. so. Um, and then, yeah, next, the weekend after that is Mario. And then I don't remember what's after that, but I, I, uh, Guardians know I already is have pretty to... soon. I know like not, not immediately, next but month. soon. Yeah. A lot, a lot of good movies this year. You mentioned when this podcast started, there's so many good movies this year and there really have been, and they keep coming and I'm super, I'm super here for it. I know when we, we started this podcast, it's supposed to be, you know, movies, TV and video games, but I feel like with how many good movies and TV shows have been out lately, that's been the majority of our focus. So, you know, once we wow. finally get a lull with the movies and TV, maybe we can talk some video game stuff too for the for the video game fans out there because we we sure are. Yeah, we've got a couple of ideas for some video game things, but yeah, I think just in terms of like, you know, like we just always have like a relevant movie to talk about or a mm-hmm. franchise to talk about, but like we've got some bangers coming up here too video game wise, like whether it's like Legend of Zelda in May, mm-hmm. um reportedly Spider-Man this September. Yep. Um Starfield, uh like all of these uh, different things Je- like, Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor, that's another yeah. one I'm really yeah. I, I want to get that Claymore lightsaber. It looks so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great too. sword main in Monster Hunter. So like I'm all about like big sword swings that do big number, you know. So that's that's Very who nice. I am. But uh yeah, that those are the things that are on my like immediate radar. But yeah. like I promise we'll talk about some video game things that aren't just destiny. <laughs> uh but you know, it's we're we're always trying to like we're just talking about things that we want to talk about. Yeah. And you know, it just so happens that there's a lot of good movies and TV shows coming out that we got. Not, not complaining there, you know, for bringing on Uh, the good stuff, please. What a time to be alive. You told 10 year old me that this was going to be like the world we live in of like comic books and video games and awesome action movies. Uh, I would have spat in your face and (laughs) called you a liar. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, I think that that about wraps this episode up. We do have the music going. Uh, let's I, I heard some feedback. People seem to like it. We, we, we really enjoy it. So if you want to hear anything else from us, you know, topic wise, let us know. Uh, we're, we're always here open to feedback and always going to be evolving. But uh, until next time, my name is Kyle. I'm Jack. We'll see you next time. Bye.